Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying reading and listening. I am here today with a very special guest. I've been wanting to do this podcast for quite a while, and it's been asked for about three or four times. Uh, initially, my podcast was designed to reach out to different designers and teach uh, up-and-coming designers how to be uh, more like the, the people that they've seen in the magazines and how to kind of interact with uh, designers who have a big name and uh, kind of learn some of their unique philosophies. But because of that, my podcast has kind of gained a, a following of lighting designers. And recently, a couple of them have reached out to me They're like, hey, so we, we kind of know about a lot of the lighting designers. What we don't know about is account reps and rental reps in the production companies. So a couple of people have asked me to reach out to some. And the first person that I thought of was uh, a good friend of mine, Chris McMean. Uh, he's a rental rep at Christie Lights out of New York. Thank you so much for making a, an hour to sit down and chat with me, Chris. I really appreciate it. Great to be here. So what the biggest question I often get is, what is a rental rep looking for? How are you generating business? And what can designers do to best work with you because a lot of people seem to have this misconception that rental reps are out to make a quick buck and then disregard their people. And I've never actually seen that, but I've heard stories about it. Hopefully you yeah, can kind of I mean, dispel think, some myths with me today. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you loaded a lot there in the first question. I know, I know. It's, uh, it's the, uh, I mean, the breakdown is a rental rep is supposed to be the client's advocate in the company right? Mm -hmm. Our job is to be your advocate. Uh, you know, you as a lighting designer, we're here to help you be successful. And that, that's the job of a rep. Now, will every rep do that job perfectly? No. You know, is, is, is every lighting designer going to be successful? No. You know, so some, some guys are better at it than others, but it's a relationship. And I like to generally compare it to a marriage. And, you know, the things you say and the things you ask for is what you're asking a partner of. That lighting designer is your partner. And you need to figure out how to help them be successful, but within, you know, realistic expectations of the world. And, you know, our job is, is rental reps is really to help the lighting designers figure out how to achieve their vision and be in budget so unfortunately sometimes we end up being the budget police a little bit like mm -hmm. you know oh maybe you can't have these you could have some of the you know like 
you know, there's another product that might get the look you want that might save you some money. So now I know there's definitely people who like that conversation and there's people who don't like that conversation. (laughs) The guys who've been around longer seem to like that conversation, meaning they understand. And my job is to help you and say, hey, you could have all this extra things you know, you can have extra stuff if we do this or, um, you know, how do we, you know, if you explain your vision to me, send me your plot and we talk about it, we can talk about gear. I do have a lot of lighting designers who've been around for a while who call me up and say, hey, Chris, I'm doing this thing. What do you think the right product is? Mm -hmm. And it's not just lighting designers. I work with television i work with movies i work with gaffers i work with party planners and you know their requests often are are we're looking for this effect but either we don't have a budget or we have lots of budget you know those (laughs) those are both conversations you can have you know you know Mm -hmm. do you want you know there's there's you can get a car with two seats four seats six seats eight seats ten seats you know it's still a car and you're still going to be driving somewhere. Um, lights are a similar way. You know, you, you're looking for a look, a design, an effect, and really, the rental shop's really there to help you get that. You know, and 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 help you be successful. Because believe it or not, if the LD's not successful, the job's not successful, it reflects on us as well, because we're mm-hmm. part of your production. And if as a rep, you don't consider that, then you're not really being a very good advocate for the client. I would imagine you get a whole assortment of phone calls too. Some with with a very specific vision, and some with it just call you and look. Hey, I've got this much money. Help me put together a show. I'd imagine that your responsibilities vary wildly. Yeah, I mean, definitely, we have like very different levels of phone calls. I've done, you know, a single follow spot for a, you know, for a high school show. Um, you know, some, some of my clients I've met in high school and college and are still clients of mine now as they progressed in the, you know, in life. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that to me is, is something that I speak to as part of success is being able to maintain a relationship for 20 or 30 years with somebody and have them still think of you as a solution, you know, is, is still have a good relationship with them. Just like a marriage, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you want to be, if, if you want to be happy, you got to make sure your wife's happy all the time. And, <laughs> that is very you know, true. You know, and I'm like, I used to say the guys who worked for me, they'd come in and tell me a problem. And I'm like, if that was your wife, what would you be doing right now? And they're like, I'd be throwing gear in my car driving there. And I'm like, then that's what you should be doing. You know, because your job is to help them and help them be successful and make them feel, you know, they should have the emotion that you're on their team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's give and take, though. You know, they need to, you know, I've had clients who, you know, just take advantage time after time. Mm-hmm. and you need to then have that conversation, you know, you, you need to be in communication with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not always perfect at it, but you need to say, Hey, look, you know, 
last time we helped you out with this. Can you help us out on this this time? And if you're in a good relationship with somebody, they're going to be like, yeah, sure. Totally. Chris, you know, that works too. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, with, with all the manufacturers in the world, you know, it used to be kind of that each shop kind of specialized in one manufacturer. Um, and that's expanded now. So there are shops that, you know, we have like three manufacturers in our shop, you know, that are major players. Right. Um, so the conversation is, you know, what's the effect you're looking for? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And how do we help you use us and become experienced with us that we can make you successful? I have clients that know my gear perfectly, like almost as well as I do. And they're like, oh, Chris, give me that thing that does, you know, you know, makes the trust curve. You know, we have a special little widget that basically can curve truss, straight truss at any angle, you know, they're like, oh, let's get one of those, you know, oh, hey, I need a light ladder thing. Like, oh, oh yeah, we can build it with this piece. And those are great clients to have, but you have to kind of bring them there, meaning they don't, nobody starts there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine and, that can actually even influence their design, just knowing what you have oh, in, in, in yeah. stock. Yep. Hugely. And, and, and that's why it's important to have conversations at the very beginning of jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you have a much better experience when you're like, Hey, I have this kit thing coming up. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we're going to build a giant truss chandelier that's going to hang down 60 feet into a 120 foot circle. You know, that's the kind of conversation you want to start having at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have clients too who call me up and are like, Hey, you know, that one product you carry, we need 300 of them on this specific day. I, there's going to be other stuff. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but let's get that piece. Let's get that one link taken care of now or know what it costs to get taken care of now and get it locked in. And, and, and that's, that's a client learning the relationship and, you know, being intelligently um, planning ahead without, look, I understand they don't know everything yet. Like you don't need to get something reserved to, to lock a whole, you know, job in, but get one piece that you do know that you need, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you need 300 of them or you need a thousand of them or 2000 of them. You know, there's not a lot of places where you can get 2,000 of this one widget. You know? Right. And uh, those are, 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 you know, important conversations to have at the very beginning and sort of, sort of the onset. And, you know, I've been sort of pulled in, like certain projects, people pull me in at the very beginning to help with the planning. I go to some of the planning meetings. I, I sit there in the design meetings and you know, join the conversation and I'm not there to replace the designer. I'm there to help the, I'm I'm there as the designer's partner. Like I'm here to help you. And, you know, on television and movies, it's been very successful. We've, you know, we've used products that they had never used before. You know, uh, I worked on the Spike Lee inside, inside uh, man movie. And I went to Spike Lee's house and we set up lights to show them what they could do. (laughs) Nice. 
right? So, you know, that's the kind of project that, that, that I excel at and enjoy working on and, you know, and have long-term partnerships with people. Um, I, I had a lighting designer call me about the Pope and he's like, Hey, I need, you know, I need some lights that throw, you know, 350 feet that are going to give me X amount of foot candles. What do you got? What are mm-hmm. our options here? You know, and that sounds like the more integrated you get into it, the more helpful you can be. Right. Right. And then I'm able to steer them to a product that's actually owned by somebody, you know, cause many lighting designers would look in a book and say, this looks like the right product. I'm reading the specs and it tells me it's giving me X at 350 feet. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. But does anybody own that product? Is it in the U S yet? <laughs> like, right. is it going to be able to be mounted, you know, 350 feet in the air, you know, hanging from what, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all, all, all these pieces to the conversation that are important. Yeah, just because you saw it in a magazine doesn't mean it's uh, available in your area in your price range. Right, right. That's the that's and, the and, tough. And decision. I see that I see that a lot more than you you would imagine. I see people like, here's a bunch of imaginary gear that doesn't exist that I want from <laughs> my project, you know, and I haven't talked to anybody about it yet. And Chris, you, you can know. make it happen, right? Just, just yeah, make it happen, I mean, Chris. Again, I can make anything happen as long as there's enough money involved. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're in kind of a unique situation where you're in New York city where, I mean, you're just bombarded with entertainment. You're, in, you're encircled by entertainment. I would imagine you have just a, a, a constant flow of people doing large projects from the smallest to the largest. Are you, is your phone just ringing off the hook? It, it depends. You know, it, it somewhat depends on what time of year to, to how busy I am. Current, uh, current situation excluded. Um, yeah. Current <laughs> this year excluded, although yeah. January, February, March were pretty busy. Um, Good to hear. and I was thinking it was probably going to be one of my busiest years ever. Um, but, uh, it hasn't turned out that way. Um, the, you know, the, the, there's a, a ebb and flow in the year. They don't always fall at the same times per year, which is kind of interesting. But like during fashion week in New York, we're slammed, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's 750 to 1200 shows going on in the city at the same time. So there's, you know, there's, there's a massive amount of products getting out there. Um, the city still to this day runs out of gear. That's amazing. I find pretty incredible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but again, my job is to be the advocate and make stuff happen that might not normally happen. So, you know, I've opened shops across the country during fashion week and had a truck standing by and trucks stuff directly to New York over the weekend before mm-hmm. to make it in time for amazing. For um, those are the projects that suck a lot of my time up. Like when there's projects that have a lot of last minute add-ons, um, but, you know, I mean, a, a lot of the, the projects that, you know, do well for the company are, you know, long-term projects when, when gears out for a very long period of time. Yeah. That, 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 that's what the shop wants in general. Are, are they, they like those long projects. So we, when you were talking about the marriage, it sounds like your, your designers are in relationship with you 
and they're in relationship with your shop. Did you find that sometimes there's too many people in the marriage there and they, do you ever have your designers reaching out directly to your shop and bypassing you? Does that ever happen? No, no. I mean, definitely some smaller clients or maybe somebody else gets involved and starts like working on a bid, like an assistant LD or something who uh-huh. might not know me or know that I'm already involved. Um, which I mean, look, that happens, you know, yeah. I don't take offense at that. And, 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 you know, I, I generally offer my assistance not based on the fact that I'm definitely getting the job, meaning I'm there to help the LD. I'm, I'm there to help a relationship, right? right? I'm, I'm there advocating for an LD and helping an LD. And then if I get the job, great. You know, that, you know, that definitely is, is, is success in my book. But I might not get the job. My LD might not get the job too, mm-hmm. right? right? You know, I mean, LDs lose gigs as they're happening. Um, and I've had that happen where, you know, an LD thought he had the gig and everything was going super smooth. And then all of a sudden he was told, you know, he wasn't on the project anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's therefore, tough. Therefore, I'm definitely not on the project. You know, it increases yeah. my chances of being on the project if I'm involved early on, but it doesn't guarantee it by any means. Yeah. yeah very quickly. You turn from being a rental rep into being a therapist, uh, to like, <laughs> Hey, you know, we're in this together, buddy. You didn't get it. I didn't yeah. get it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now so it's let's a talk about conversation it. when your LD doesn't get the project and one of your, not one of your, but one of the company's other LDs gets the project. Those are tough. You know, that's, that's a tough conversation too. Cause then, you know, the LD feels like, well, you know, maybe I should have used a different shop and, and, uh, oh, man. you know, but, but again, if he can see that you were there as his advocate and, you know, LDs also want to deal with people who are there to help them, you know, right. not hinder them. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've never been part of any of this, but I've definitely seen where, uh, the shops have pushed, you know, big shops have pushed gigs to specific people. Um, that doesn't really happen in our system because every rep is independent of each other. They right. all manage their own own relationships. And each rep has his own set of clients and we don't step on each other's clients. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it one one client, one rep. That's important. I've, uh, I've definitely seen where that works out and uh, it, it definitely clears up a lot of the blurry lines where uh, some reps can have to outbid each other, which is, it just gets messy. Yeah. 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 When you have three reps bidding on the same job, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you definitely can, uh, people's feelings can get hurt and, you know, uh, relationships can be tested. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, being in marriage or in relationship with, one of the things that's tough with our industry is we're full of passionate people who, and it's our job to create emotion and that and you and I are not immune to that is part of our job to create trust. And so what ends up happening is we become not just client vendor relationships, but actual genuine long lasting friendship relationships. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself getting stuck in the, in the gray area there? I mean, I consider my clients my friends. Yeah. 
So I, I, I've, I've let go of the gray area. <laughs> like that to me isn't, you know. Fully embraced. I, I've fully embraced, uh, you know, real relationships with people because I don't feel like you can be in a marriage and not be, you know, not be real. You know, you, you have to, uh, you, you have to tell people when you're hurt or you're upset and when you're happy and you're, you know, and you guys are doing good stuff together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's definitely, uh, that's hard in any relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel necessary. You know, I, you know, my clients all have access to me. Many of them know my wife, many of them know my family. Um, I'm very open, like, you know, I, I think one of the things we had talked about before was, you know, do you let your clients on your Facebook page? Yes, I let my clients on my Facebook page. Um, you know, I have dinner with these people. I talk to their families. And look, I'm friends with some LDs who've never given me business. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean I'm not friends with you. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm still friends with them and I still chat with them and talk with them. And occasionally they try to throw me something, but Sometimes it doesn't work out. Maybe they're not always in the position. Some are architectural LDs, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, they're doing mostly architectural work. And, and while I used to do more sort of project install based stuff, I, I don't do as much of that anymore. It doesn't mean I don't do any, I still do a couple here and there, but, but um, you know, I'm definitely not the guy who's going to like do a bunch of architectural only fixtures in the building. If there's like real entertainment lighting, then I'll, I'll be involved, you know, but I, to me, I, I don't know that you can differ, differentiate as a rep. Yeah. Meaning you are either somebody they can be friends with or you're not, you know. And, and that also means that some people, you know, uh, you know, sometimes people say I'm polarizing, meaning either people really like me or they really don't like me. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know if that's polarizing necessarily it just means some people feel they can be friends with me and some don't you know? yeah and uh no offense to the ones who don't you know i mean god bless yeah that just sounds like you're uh, you're an honest person it sounds right. like yeah that's I, you, I accept it sounds like you accept the fact that you uh, you know you don't want to be married to everybody yeah 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 no, i certain... don't want to be married to everybody <laughs> right. well, i'm and, lucky and, to and, find the one person who does want to marry me Right. And, and you have to find in those relationships, uh, you got to find meaning and reward and, you know, you know, success, you know, there, there, there's, you can't sort of, you know, like when I come home, you know, my wife in the morning, if I'm up before she is, I go in the kitchen, I make her a cup of coffee. I make her, I make her eggs and bacon and I bring it to her. Like that's the type of person I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm like that in my professional life and I'm like that in my personal life, you know, and, you know, I definitely went through a period with my own life where I'm like, Hey, we're going out to dinner with these people tonight, their clients. And she had to realize that I wasn't there to entertain my wife. My wife was there to entertain them. (laughs) So, you know, there, there, there's, there's, it doesn't come naturally to everybody to, Mm -hmm. to, to be, uh, you know, I, I like to say I'm at your service. Like I'm here for you. Right. And, you know, uh, that's why it's important to me to show up to gigs, to see how your gig's going, to, you know, to be there. You know, I mean, I take New Year's, for example. I worked on that project on and off for 14 years. 
um, and New Year's Times Square. And mm -hmm. I would go to the gig. And a lot of the time I went to the gig just because all the streets in the area got shut down. So basically somebody had to be there to sort of manage trucking if you had to get gear to site. And since it was outdoors in the middle of the winter, you pretty much always had to get some gear sight. <laughs> so I thought ahead and said, hey, either me or one of my guys needs to be down there to walk the two or three blocks to meet the trucks and then push the gear to site. Because you can't pull trucks right up there during, during the right. year's day because they shut it down within a, a multi-block radius. So... I'm really glad that you mentioned that too. My, uh, my wife and I have had that same sort of conversation where uh, my wife wants to go see a Billie Eilish concert and she wants to take the kids. Well, I know the LD, we're going to go down. And then all of a sudden my wife is like, should we just buy tickets? Well, no, we shouldn't buy tickets. I, I, know, I know the LD really well. He's a great guy. She's like, but if we don't buy tickets, then it's a, a work thing yeah and it's not us going to a concert thing with the kids thing and you're like well can it be both I'm like it, it can and it can't and next thing you know you're staring at the lights and my wife asked me like aren't you having a good time I'm like yeah i'm having a great time look at these lights and and then we're out talking to him and and uh, she's like are, are, well just so you know thing? if you buy tickets you're still going to be working <laughs> exactly so you know, i bought tickets to plenty of shows so I'm not asking the LD or the, or the production team if I can sit at the tech table. But right. I sat at the tech table too. You know, I tend not to ask that. I'd rather buy tickets and contribute to what they're doing. Same. You know, I'd rather buy a ticket and be like, oh, I have tickets right over here, you know, than, hey, can I get a ticket? You know, but sometimes I'll end up standing at the, you know, at, at the LD desk or sitting with the lighting director and, and watching the show. That happens. My daughter was a, a, a big uh, fan of a star. And so we got some tickets. We went and we ended up sitting at the, at, at the front of house location for my daughter because the lighting director was Emily Bourne. And she got to sort of watch her the whole time and really enjoy the show, you know, and, and see what was done and see a female doing it. And that to me was great. So was that Melanie Martinez then? Is that, the, that is who it was, Melanie yeah. Martinez. Right on. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of those ones where it gets really tricky with your home relationship because the, your kids want to go see the show, but you also want to talk to Emily. And 90% of the time it's going to go seamlessly. But there's the 10% of the time where it gets a little tricky where it's like, uh, why are you spending so much time over there? Why don't... You know, you, you missed the song that I wanted you to hear or stuff like that. It, it, it can get tricky sometimes. Uh, All relationships are tricky, right? <laughs> so, like, you might be out with your, 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 your wife and, you know, and your daughter. And, you know, the two of them might be like, why is he paying more attention to her than me? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got to definitely, uh, you got to manage those situations and, and, and approach them in a positive way. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I try to do. And, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, you want, you want interactions to be positive, mm -hmm. you know, and, and definitely with my kids, 
generally I pick on them a little bit and I poke them and mess with them a little bit. And, and, uh, when I'm really nice to them, they're confused. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I had had the discussion before a little bit about how social media and, uh, online job searches have changed the industry. Have you found it to be a net positive or do you find it to be too intrusive? Um, I definitely feel that, um, well, I mean, you know, the, 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 there's the whole division, right? There's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's, you know, Instagram. Yeah, there's Instagram. And there's like different people who sort of hang out in those different places. Right. Um, I've definitely found, you know, that I think LinkedIn is a, a useful product for work. Yeah. It should be, it, that separation that was there, it should be work only. Yes. Like when I see people posting things that are not sort of work related on there, um, I don't think it's productive. Right. And, but I think Facebook is kind of a hybrid because Facebook, you have some work stuff, you have some non-work stuff. Um, I do like to think that my Facebook is personal to me. It's not mm-hmm. a reflection of, you know, my views of the, you know, the company's views. Yep. Um, and I, I do set, I, I, I do draw that line. If somebody's like, Hey, I saw something on your Facebook page and I took it as an announcement from Christy they've crossed the line of what's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's my personal Facebook page. It's not Chris McMean at Christy lights, Facebook page. It's Chris McMean's Facebook page. Right. Um, And you know, the views there are my own and I definitely use, I, I, I use my Facebook page to be involved and in contact with people, but it is not a representation of the company. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think some people have a hard time separating the two and, uh, you know, hopefully they learn over time, (laughs) you know, and then Instagram is a whole nother thing. You know, Instagram is definitely less of a advertising platform, I think for, uh, people, although I think more and more people are putting posts up on Instagram, which to me is not the point of Instagram. Instagram is about visual. Pretty pictures. Um, visual interaction. And, and yeah. it should be left to that, not as a tool for uh, uh, for posts, which go on your Facebook page or, or then go on your Twitter page. And then there's Twitter, right? So Twitter's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, so people need to be mind, you know, I think people need to be mindful of what they say on Twitter and realize that any of that stuff can be brought up at any time. So mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with anybody seeing something you're saying, you should make sure that you don't say it. And uh, I definitely think that the, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of job searches happen uh, nowadays through social media. Yeah, I definitely know like, I've been reached out to for, for job opportunities through LinkedIn. Um, I've been, uh, reached out to on Facebook by people I already knew and was in relationships with to, to work on a project. Mm-hmm. Um, but never like a new, cl- a new, like possible employer calling right. me up and say, 
hey, you know, we'd like to offer you a job. Can you come, mm-hmm. in, come in and talk with us? Um, I don't think those interactions replace personal interactions very well. Um, I do still, I, I feel like that's an extra thing. Like, you know, lasers are an extra thing on a show. Social media is an extra thing in life. Yeah. And you need to be, you know, and I still think you need to be able to separate those things. You still, like, I've had this conversation with a few people and I'm always kind of shocked. I'm like, well, send me your resume. And they go, I don't have a resume. I have a LinkedIn page. And I'm like, not the same thing. Like, you should have a separate resume. And you should keep it updated every few years yeah. because, you know, your resume and your LinkedIn page should be two different things. Now you mm-hmm. should maybe upload it there so other people can download it and be like, hey, my resume is at this link on my LinkedIn page. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think those things should replace the way we had always done it, you know, and, you know, and I think the interview process is important and I don't think that people people don't realize that social media is uh, still like an advertisement, not necessarily yeah. what's inside. Yep. And uh, you know, that you need to know what's inside as well. And you need to go meet with people and see what type of people they are. And you're not going to always be, you're not always going to be successful in understanding everything out of a couple meetings. You know, you may have to go work somewhere for a while. Like I saw somebody was, I was talking to somebody recently and they said, you know, like, I don't really like the interactions I've had with this HR department. And I'm like, but are are you working in HR? No. Okay. Well then you should talk to the other people there. Don't just talk to the HR people. Right. Right. So like, that's a piece of the, of the business. You know, that's not the whole business and that's not necessarily if you're going to be happy or not there, you know, you, you, you know, and if you don't have a job, you should go work there. If they're offering you a job and you don't have a job, go work there. Why not? Yeah. So outside of resumes and social media, what are your biggest tools for interacting with clients? Is it, are you a, uh, a lunch guy, a breakfast, a dinner, uh, take them to a ball game. What are, what are your, some of your favorite tools? Um, definitely like, uh, I like being on job sites with people. Oh, that's um, a good one. You know, I, I definitely think, you know, showing up to a gig means a lot um, or, or a load in, you know, it doesn't have to be the actual gig. You know, there are plenty of gigs where you might not be welcome there, a private party at Bruce Springsteen's house. You know, you might not be welcome there, but if you show up for the load in, and help out a little bit or show up for the loadout and help out a little bit. Um, that to me is, uh, that to me shows face and, and as is important. Um, it's a sign of humility if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too, I'm not too good to load my car up with gear and drive to a venue. I'm not too good to, you know, push a box or open something up and hang a couple of lights. Nowadays, my clients tend to get a little mad at me if I start hanging lights, but you know, <laughs> Chris, don't do that. Like, we have people for that, Chris. I'm like, this is the most fun. <laughs> so, it's just yeah. in my DNA, you guys. I don't mean any disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and back when I used to 
lug lights around and cases. You know, I've had various nicknames, which I'm not going to mention here because they're kind of <laughs> hilarious and people make fun of me for them. But, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, you can't forget where you're from and where you started, you know, and I started pushing boxes and driving trucks and cleaning lights when I was a kid. You know, I was, I was born into the business. Um, so I've kind of been involved my whole life. My, my stepfather used to own the biggest lighting company in the country in the seventies, a company called TFA. And, uh, uh, my degree is actually in biology. So I wasn't meant to be in this business, (laughs) (laughs) but I still ended up here. I got dragged here, you know, I didn't really get dragged here. You know, I, I just enjoyed getting my hands on stuff, working with stuff, working on gigs and progressed from there. Um, although, you know, currently I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll go back and be a doctor again. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but back to the original That's question. A tough decision. Well, That's a tough decision. You know, I, I definitely like lunches with people. I also like dinners with people. Um, you know, I, I think sushi is a powerful tool, you know, that, you know, most of my clients who, you know, uh, like fish and, uh, or, or even haven't tried, I've taken people out who've never tried sushi before and uh giving them an experience and that to me is is a good you know i i think having experiences with people you have relationships with is important mm-hmm. so whether it's going to have sushi together going to a show together you know going to you know take somebody to a broadway show sit them in the first row you know and and then walk around backstage afterward to me is, you know, a powerful thing or just taking them out to dinner to to type of food they haven't eaten before talking about the food, teaching them about the food, uh, enlightening them. Um, and you know, I, I've had people come to, you know, New York from Hawaii and been like, I can't believe the sushi is this good in New York. It's better than what we have in Hawaii. And it makes, wow. them you know, and that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to have those experiences with people, I think is, is potent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, steaks are great. I'm more of a fish guy. Um, and, uh, or, or a new experience guy. I like taking people to restaurants that, you know, really have a, you know, ha- have an experience involved Okay, and, uh, you know, eat something different, eat, eat something that's, you know, seasonal, regional, you know, from different areas of the world. New York's one of the places where you really can, you know, you know, there are hundreds of types of different foods. You know, I could, you know, that depends on the person. Like I take it as the old school pizza shops in New York city, if you love Mm -hmm. pizza and you could eat at pizza's places that have been there for 150 years. They've been making the pizza the same way every time for 150 years. And every day they sell out of pizza (laughs) and make as much as they can. And they sell out Lombardi's is, you know, the, you know, one of the meccas for stuff like that. But there's not just Lombardi's. There's other, you know, personal places that I have that, you know, pizza I grew up on the Upper West Side, a guy named uh, Sal and Carmine's is, uh, you know, the two guys have been making pizza since I was a kid. I used to go there every Tuesday night and pick a pizza, you know, so. Nice. You, t- you, uh, you have some very powerful tools available to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think... Uh, you know, and, and when clients are in town doing gigs, it might not even be a gig with you. You should spend time with them, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think everybody with, 
what's going on right now is uh, afraid to spend time with other people. Um, and mm, I think sad with, truth. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's hard to get people to go out and do things, but I think we all still need to be getting together and, you know, doing some stuff. So to bring it back to the marriage Thank analogy, one of the things that is true about marriage is it's a 24 seven commitment, uh, till death do us part and, uh, through richer, poorer, uh, yeah. sickness and, yeah, and I have LDs that have been richer and poorer and yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, 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 and I always still feel the need to be there for them. You know, you know, that, that, that is an important piece of the relationship is when somebody is less work, you should be calling them more often, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that's when they're going through rough times themselves, you know, and, yeah. uh, I think that's important and, and, and to, you know, they, they should be able to feel they can call you any time of day and night. And, you know, my, my real life wife also, you know, has, has experienced, you know, the phone rings at one o'clock in the morning and, uh, and, and it happens, you know, and you pick up the phone, you answer it. And sometimes at one o'clock in the morning, you may have to get in the car and drive to Long Island and pick up some trust and drive to the city or, convince one of your friends to put some trust in his car at one o'clock, you know, cause I then have to lean on other people too. Like, you right. know, I got somebody, you know, I got people who, who, who I need to be able to call as well and say, Hey, meet me at the shop or, Hey, can you get this to the city tonight? And uh, cause maybe I'm too far away or something and they can get it there quicker. Do you have a pretty good team of people to cover you when you do have to take, when you have to turn your phone off and just like, Hey, I'm, I'm not working today. Do you, uh, I would imagine you have a, a, what is this thing you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> no such thing for Chris McMina. Always 24 seven rental. I mean, rep. Yeah. I've, I've been pretty much 24 seven since I started in this business. I, you know, I've been on the phone walking down the street in Japan, chatting with Broadway LD about a show. You know, these things happen. Look, you know, when I go on vacation, people try to help me out and try not to call me as much. Okay. Um, and there's definitely a team behind me. You know, I usually line up like three other reps to sort of pick up phone calls while I'm not around. You know, I, I, I think the time I went to a Buddhist monastery and stayed there for a few days and there was no cell reception there at all. <laughs> you know, that was probably the one time, that, you know, one of the few times that I've been completely unreachable. When my daughter was being born, I was, you know, I was there you know, in the room, my daughter was born. And while we were in the room afterwards, the recovery room, a phone call came in because we had the DNC running and I had 190 people working all over the city. And, you know, I, I had to take a phone call. They knew my daughter was being born, but, you know, it wasn't the client who was calling me. It was a shop trying to figure something out. You know, I have to be available to those people as well. That's and, dedication. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 again, to me, it's part of, part of the, I'm in service to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I imagine if you work, if you work in a castle and you're a butler that, <laughs> you know, when the Lord of the castle needs something at one o'clock in the morning, you get up and you run upstairs and you figure yeah. out what's to be done. You put your bow tie on and you get up there. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. Well, that- I might not wear a bow tie, but <laughs> I get up and answer the phone and, you know, and try to come up with solutions. And sometimes there might not be a solution. You know, I can't beam equipment. You know, I wish I had 
Star Trek technology and I could instantly transport equipment from location to location, but that's not possible. Man, we have, we've been uh, ripping through these things so quickly. It's, it's hard to believe that we're almost out of time. One of the questions I really wanted to get in depth with you before we run out of time is what can designers be doing to help you to help them? What's uh, like, you already mentioned that you, that they can reach out to you as, as early as possible in the process. But once the process is well along, what can they do to help you help them? Um, communication is real key. And make sure you put everything you're thinking on your lists. You know, I definitely have this, uh, these conversation about how important the shop list is. Like what you send out to shops, and not just for me, but for all shops, you know, to be very clear about what you're looking for and include everything. You know, I've, I've had this conversation with LDs before, you know, make sure you include spares on your list. You know, they're like, well, you guys should expect spares. Yes. I will make sure that we have the conversation that you want spares, but put them on your list too. So the other shops know as well, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the other shop doesn't have a guy who's doing that, or maybe I'm at a Buddhist monastery that day, you know, <laughs> make sure you put on your list, everything you're thinking you want. And Make sure that you also know things like I need an infrastructure, you know, I, what types of plugs I want on stuff. And, and as the LD, many times you don't have to know what type of plugs you want. But on small gigs where there's not an electrician, you know, the LD should know what type of plug you want on the fixture. And, you know, I think that uh, the most powerful thing that an LD can do is be complete in what they're trying to accomplish and the communication about it okay you know because i'm there to help them but i don't get to help them if you know two shops didn't bid spares and i did or i doubled the number of spares to make sure that you were 100 percent covered and the other shops didn't right you know? and or that i provide four spares and that other shop provides one you know mm-hmm. um you know i want to be on your project i want to help you and, you know, have real conversations about what you're trying to accomplish and what the budget is. What about uh, fixture specifications? Should they be able to tell you like, hey, look, these ones I absolutely have to have. And these ones I've got some wiggle room on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely that's part of the, com- uh, you know, the conversation is like, like this has to be this for this reason. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, I have to then have conversations with the owners of the company and, you know, other people about you know, what our ability to shuffle stuff around is. And, you know, I mean, one, one great example is I had a client who specified like a VL3500 on a project. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with those 3500s? He's like, oh, I'm just looking for some beams out in the, on the sides. And I'm like, oh, that's the only thing those lights are going to do. Are they going to do any color mixing? Are they going to do everything? No, nope, they're going to be a one color whole show. And I just need a real thin beam. So I'm going to that's iris them down. That's pricey. And I'm like, well, that's probably the most expensive way to do that. <laughs> you know, why don't I set up some lights for you to look at and you can take a look. You know, and he ended up going with, you know, a $50 light over a $350 light. And all of a sudden he had all this budget to get these other things he wanted. 
right? And, and that's the power of being able to talk through, you know, have that conversation and talk through with people what they're doing. And, you know, I had one client, I didn't get this one, this one Broadway job. And because they were so busy, they didn't have time to talk with me. They were also crazed. And they ended up going with another shop and getting much lesser gear, less of it, and paying more money because nobody could have a conversation with me about what they're doing. And then I got a call back after the gig and they're like, we're really sorry we didn't get back to you. Here's what we were trying to do. And I'm like, oh, well, I got this, this, and this. And they're like, well, it's already happened, so don't worry about it. And, but you would have been half the price. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me not to worry about it. I worry about it. Not for me. I worry about it for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could add, they, they, they could have had the ability to do more things. You know, I mean, look at LDs. I definitely know are, are judged about, you know, how much gear shows up at the show, what it looks like on camera. You know, they have a lot of things to worry about. My job's to help them worry less about the gear and, and the gear working, like that's important. Like the gear's got to work, you know, they don't want to spend their whole programming time swapping lights out and then having to relook at stuff and reset stuff up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm there to, 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 to sort of help with, make sure that they are covered, you know, and, 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 and I mean, I'm probably one of the few reps that actually tries to give people extra gear. Sometimes I'm like, Hey, have you played with this new product? You know, take a couple of these on your show, take a look, um, or come in the shop and come take a look at this thing and see if you want to use some of these, you know, and, and you can use them for the first time. I won't charge you. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I did it for the Metropolitan Opera. You know, I, I did a, a rig for them of a brand new led product and they loved it. At, at Ayrton, we're always excited when we hear stories about that happening. Like, Hey, you got to see this. Just have, Take one or two of them, uh, no yep. cost. Just here you go. If Put you them in your them. rig. You don't have to turn them on during your main show, but yeah. you know you can see them in a show environment versus seeing them in a yeah. in a uh, just a demo room. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference too when you see something just in the demo room and when you see it on the stage. You know, there are a lot a lot of products all look great in white. You know, yep. I always say that you know that you turn the lamp on, the source is great. It's going through some lenses, it looks crazy bright. You know, now throw four or five effects on top of that and some color mixing <laughs> and two gobos. <laughs> and then put it on a truss 50 feet in the air next to another fixture. Right. I don't want to say the, you know, the, the paperwork always says one thing. What happens on site is we all know in this business is often another. You know, yeah. like I'm, I, I tell people to take spare trust with them because I've been in so many situations where people are like, oh, the drawing was a foot or two off. We had to hang everything over. Then I make sure that you have a couple extra one footers or two footers on there so you can not be in a situation where if you have to move a truss over, you're gonna to have to book another truck. Like these are all the tiny little details that really uh, highlight why an experienced rental rep is so important. Yep. An experienced rental rep is not gonna cost you money, they're gonna save you money. Right. It's not, can we afford Chris McMean? It's, can, you not can we afford not to have Chris yeah. McMean? Yeah. Uh, you and, just made a perfect and, and example look, of how expensive it can be to not have Chris McMean. Right. And, and, and my feeling too in this business is, you know, that not every job is going to be the winner. 
you know, and you need to make sure that you're in for the jobs that are helping the LDs. If you're in a relationship with an LD, you need to help that LD be successful and he'll be successful by his small gigs doing well. And then if his small gigs do well, he gets bigger gigs and so on and so on. Right on. You know, and the fact that I've had relationships with people for 20 years, you know, generally I have a 90% client retention rate. These are the things that, you know, those are the things that I look at that I feel like, you know, I'm successful if people keep coming back to me. And, and I'm also, I, I, I'm, I try to be real straight with people. Hey, I'm too crazy at this time to handle this project. Well, let me refer you to somebody else who can really take it on. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the, some of the LDs that I have relationships would be like, they'd be like, hell no, Chris, you get off that other project and you can work on this one. And, and that's a hard conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's some radical honesty required right there. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. I, I feel, I hope that uh, all the people listening have a better idea of what it is that uh, is happening on this side of the, of the emails, because it's, there's still a lot going on, man. There's a lot of work and effort required into keeping these relations maintained. Uh, you got to make everybody feel equally special and let them know that everybody's respected. And that we'll, uh, on this side of the thing, on this side of the emails, we're just trying to offer our services. And if, if you can use our, if, if our services are the best, then we want to help out. Yep. And if, our, if we can't, then we're, you're not going to hurt our feelings unless we get lied to. Then that's when our feelings get hurt. It's, it's only when it's like a bald-faced lie. But, you know, we all understand that maybe we're not always the, the, the perfect fit, you know. And uh, it sounds like you've done a very good job of explaining that to the people listening today. I hope so. I definitely hope that people, you know, get the picture. I mean, one, there's a lot of work we do on the back end to, to make shows happen and get gear in specific places and, you know, get large amounts of gear pulled and ready. And, you know, when all your lights turn on, they should all turn on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you and so much for taking the time with me, Chris. That's, it's been really great. I, uh, I think this has been a very helpful, supportive educational podcast today. Awesome. Thanks for having me.